thank God for our choir. What a blessing. Please let me remind you to please help us to pray for families that are in, in bereavement. I believe that God is in the business of comforting us. So in your prayer, there are many of us here, always pray that God will minister to those families. Also, please join us if you can at any of these homegoing. Your presence means a lot to the family. So if you're able to, I know many of you are busy, but if you will be kind to just show up to support this family, you know who they are. Um, we're going to appreciate your support and your prayers. And if there's anything else you can do for any of this family, that's one area that you can easily get blessed. The blessing of the Lord has to be provoked or activated. And I'm just reminding you that is one area that you can easily get blessed. Some people are Christians, but they don't know how to be blessed. So tap into that resources, rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. All minds clear. So when the choir say hallelujah anyhow, there comes a time in our lives that you don't need to try to figure things out. You just say hallelujah anyhow. So are we all clear about that? All right. We also want to thank God. I see Brother Williams in the house. Thank you, man of God, for being here. Amen. Brother Berth Williams, one of your pastor's favorite cheerleader. She, she just loves good old preaching. And so I'm so glad to see you, sir. You're looking good for the glory of God. Amen. That's what it's all about. Oh, we can do better than that. Thank God. Every time God blesses you, celebrate that. Do we have any other guests in the house? Well, praise God. Everybody's, oh, God bless you. We thank you so much for being here. Amen. So let's just minister to one. You mind coming and sing that song again? Yeah, all of you. There are. And the message of the song is very simple. Will you please turn the mic on so we can hear everybody? Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to minister to somebody. Maybe you know any of the people who are going through. Or maybe you're going through. And you don't need to even remember all the words. Just position yourself and say hallelujah. Anyhow. All minds clear? Will you 
Spirit will welcome you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for our spirit of worship in the house. My brother and my sister, let me encourage you to learn to worship God. Always learn to give God the praise. Is worthy to be praised. Amen. 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 Also, please let me mention to you this afternoon after church, some of us we are heading to Monroe, Louisiana. 
to go and worship with our sister church there. It is very, very important if you are able to go with us. We encourage you to come with the pastor and the choir. Uh, we have been looking for true friends for many years and many of you may not know what goes on behind the scene. Uh, we try to befriend some churches but to be honest with you uh, when you look for a friend you look for somebody that will take you up not down. And then we try to find some ministries TDJs and some other people, we also do not fit in. We are not as high as they are. So it's been a challenge finding a true friend. Whenever you need a friend, you need somebody that you can be a blessing and they can be a blessing to you. It has to be reciprocal. So, so when you see us go places, I want you to know what's going on behind the scene. We still believe in God on this matter. I thank you ministers that are here. We appreciate you. Pastor Tinney, Pastor Reed, we are grateful for all of our guests. We love you. Let's all get up and walk around and say hello. And after which we will hear our announcement today. And then we'll hear some reports about our fundraising effort. What a fellowship. What a joy divine.
Hello everybody and welcome to Zion Hill where we're making our world a better place. Just sit back and relax and let's get ready to hear this week's announcements. Calling all healthcare workers who are willing to work in the 2023 healthcare ministry. We need you and your expertise here at Zion Hill. If you are interested in being a part of this ministry, please call the church and give us your updated information. We will be contacting you soon. For any additional information, feel free to call the healthcare ministry leader, Sister Samantha Young at 318-541-6263. A special happy birthday goes out to our very own pastor, Pastor Joshua Dara, who will be celebrating his birthday on March 27th. If you're tired of just holding a seat and you're ready to serve, our media ministry is actively seeking volunteers to help bring the gospel to everyone wherever they may be by supporting our live streaming, producing and editing videos, videography, distribution, and social media posting. Familiarity with media production and computer literacy is a plus, but it's not required. Our media ministry leaders will provide training, support, and supervision. Please prayerfully consider joining this ministry. This is a great opportunity to express your creative skills and evangelize the gospel through the visual arts. God has been good and faithful and true to his word. We have had a fluctuation of children. The numbers are increasing for both services now. We're averaging 12 to 20 students. We've had more parents to come in and, and kind of observe and see what's going on with their kids. Of course, they're still doing the learning that they're doing as one of the young men just told you about Christ. And we're getting donations. They're donating toys. They're donating clothes for those who don't have clothes and shoes. So God has really been great. Really been great. This ministry is growing. We still need volunteers. We're asking for more volunteers. I hear some deaconess will be rotating in and out uh, in the very near future. The hours of the nursery is 8 o'clock to 11.30 or 12 o'clock. It just depends on when the service, the last service is over. Hello, my name is Sharon Holmes, and uh, welcome to Jordan Ministries Bookstore. Here in the bookstore, you will find copies of books authored by our very own Joshua Jordara, along with books authored by some of the ministers here in our church. We have several books uh, that you would like might interest you. We also have uh, some anointed oil that has been blessed by Pastor. Joshua Jordera for sale, as well as we have a Java corner where we sell coffee, juice, and various chip snacks like chips and honey buns. So please come join us in between our eight o'clock service and 10 o'clock service for snacks. Zion Hill, we have a new men's fellowship ministry called Brothers Keeper. If you have questions about the man's role in the family as the head of household, or the man's financial responsibility in the family, this is the ministry for you. Brothers Keeper will meet every second Saturday at 10 a.m. in the Family Life Center. Please contact Brother Lester Tisno, Brother Robert Gates, or Brother Alan Wells for more information. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, 
partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256. Or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right. Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. Thank you for listening to this week's announcements. Let's get our hearts ready to receive the word. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. Good morning, saints of God. As you all may or may not know, all the ministries of Zion Hill has been charged with uh, raising funds for the Zion Hill Youth Center. Amen? Each ministry is charged with raising $5,000. And I'm here this morning to report the accomplishments of the minister's ministry and the media ministry. Thus far, the minister's ministry has raised $3,375 towards the $5,000. Amen? And the media ministry has raised $820. Let's give God some praise. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Lord. On behalf of the Deaconess Ministries, we have collected $4,041.29. Good morning. I'm Ophelia Allen, and I'm the chairperson of the Greeters Ministry. And one thing I want to do is thank all of the greeters who participated by donating, uh, going out and working to have money for us for the Youth uh, Center. The Greeters Ministry donates $5,406 towards the district. Praise the Lord. Lord. I'm Sue Clarkston over the Seniors Having Fun Ministry. With the Senior Having Fun members, please stand. I'm happy to report that our members have so far raised $2,160 towards the youth building. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Deborah Ashley. I am over the theater ministry. On behalf of the theater ministry, I would like to report that we raised $5,800 in donations. Man, that's hard to come behind now, I tell you. <laughs> uh, I'm James Burrell. I represent the uh, Zanil Health Ministry. We've uh, raised a total of uh, $3,100.
I am Shirley Williams, and I'm representing the music ministry on behalf of our worship lead, our drama, the sound ministry, the regular praise team, the sanctuary choir, along with the youth choir, we raised $5,071 of which the youth choir raised $375 of this. Hallelujah. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, on behalf of the deacon ministry, I, uh, Deacon Perkins kind of out, so he asked me to step in. We didn't kill any chickens. But anyway, uh, one of the things I... Y'all, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Did I hear 5,800? You know, I was sitting back. I told them Deacon's going to be last. See, because we the support. You know, and, and I, 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 when they, I heard the 5,000 something, and I said, oh, Lord. I said, now, we got the 5,000. And I was a, we was a little over, too. But then I heard that 5,800. So guess what? Deacon ministry. Now, that's not what is in here, but I'm going to tell you, because we're not going to be outdone. So we're going up to 6,000. Okay. See, see, now, that's not all. Now, now you, know, you, know our, you know my chairman. He always has something in the bag. So I'm going to go down in here. He told me, make sure you do this. I'm not going to be there. So you do this for me. Pastor. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't mess up. So that is, I see it now. Okay, that is. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yes, sir. I'm gonna leave that right there for a minute. Now I gotta get one more. These are pennies, y'all. I'm trying to pick up, cause he told me to make sure that I give this to the pastor. He said fifty cents. I don't know why that fifty cents come in. But he said, make sure you give that 50 cents to the pastor. Then he said, give him three pennies, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Ten dollars.
open your Bible to the book of St. Mark, chapter 9, verse 23 and verse 24. I want to thank God for all of the contributions and all the fundraising efforts. This is quite amazing what God has done. Just sitting there in a few minutes, over $30,000. Only God could have done that. We are grateful, grateful for your commitment to help our young people. I don't mind telling you where the Lord is leading your pastor. I believe with all my heart that if we can focus more on our youth ministry, on our music ministry, and we keep the pulpit strong, no devil can stop us. So just want you to know what is cooking on the inside. Every now and then I take you behind the scene to see what God is doing. We are grateful for all the giving and thank God for all of our leaders because without you it could not have happened. Leaders have long influence, and we thank God for you. The book is in Mark, chapter 9, verse 23 and verse 24. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, he said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Verse 24 says, And straight away, the father of that child cried out, and he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the opportunity to believe you. Thank you that we can call you our Father, our Savior, and our Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this house. For we know where two or more are gathered in your name. Your, your promise that you are in the midst of them. Lord, I pray that you would touch every soul here. I pray that you would touch everyone live streaming, watching on television, listening on radio. Glorify yourself in this house. Speak to our spirit man. We pray for signs and wonders in this house. Lord, we pray for miracles. We pray for souls in the kingdom. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to just share with us briefly about healing. Because this is our communion Sunday. And ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to healing... There's no better way to explain it than to share the story 
and the experience of somebody who's been through it. In this passage, in the, in the book of St. Mark, chapter 9, you see the story of a, a man who had a son. And I want to share that story with you on the subject titled, There's a Way to Conquer Your Unbelief. We want to talk about how to conquer our unbelief. What about that man where the Bible says he had a son and the son is sick? Uh, the Bible described the nature of the sickness. This young man had a mental illness. The young man also has a physical illness. And on top of that, this young man was suicidal. So you can see the father's hand is full. Well, he came to Jesus Christ to get help. And if you notice, Jesus referred him to his disciples. And then, in the process, the disciples tried to help. But they were not able to. Let me encourage you to listen to his story because you either have a mental illness or you know somebody who does. We live in a world today that is becoming a common thing for people to be sick in their body. Notice what the father did. He took that child to Jesus. I can stop there and preach because you need to ask yourself the question, where do I go when my back is against the wall? Where do I go when somebody in the house is sick? Or even my own body is riddled with pain. Just a few minutes ago, I asked the choir to sing, Hallelujah, anyhow. But what I didn't tell you is that it was for my own sake. I go through a lot right now. People who are close to me are gone. It's tough. But you need to know where to go. When the devil is messing with you. Now you see why I can say in my soul, hallelujah. Anyhow. Notice the disciples could not help him. They tried, but they could not help. Then he went to Jesus. That's where you go. Take it to Jesus. And the Bible says all of a sudden, Jesus rebuked the devil that is messing with this young man, and he was instantly healed. That's the story in a nutshell. They didn't have to wait for weeks. They didn't have to wait for months or for years. Instantly, 
the young man was healed. Ladies and gentlemen, the question is, why is it that the disciples couldn't help him? Let me point out up front that there are some problems we go through in life that are spiritual. It's manifested in the natural, but the spirit behind it is a spiritual problem. And you cannot handle demons by wishing it away. You cannot handle demons by taking pills. No disrespect to the doctors. You need to take it to Jesus. You can keep your appointment all week, all month. But if there's a demonic spirit behind the sickness... You need more than a doctor. You must go deeper. You have to go deeper to the source of the problem. So what Jesus did was to go deeper directly to the source of the problem, and he was able to cast the demon out. Why am I saying that? Because only God can handle demons. Only God can handle angels. So a lot of time we'll be fighting all day, all week, all year, trying to solve a problem that is beyond our own control. How do you know that you're dealing with a spiritual problem, not just mere sickness? It's very simple. If, if, you're not able to control it, and that thing is controlling you. That's a direct indication that there's a spirit behind that. Another thing you need to notice in that story is that Jesus said, because they came to him, they want to know, why can't we do it? And he told them, number one, because of your unbelief. The first point I'm making to you, recognize when you're dealing with a spiritual problem. The second point I'm making to you, take it to Jesus. You're going to need more than doctors and nurses. They don't deal with spiritual problems. And the third thing I'm saying to you is to find a way to get rid of your unbelief. Disciples were trying to find out why. We use the same trick you use it, but it didn't work for us. But let me suggest to you how this, the kingdom of heaven operates. You have to know that God has constructed a bridge. What did I say God did? And a bridge is something that allows you to cross from one place with the other. Sometimes a bridge is what takes you from where you are to where you're trying to go. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to recognize that God 
has a bridge. And that bridge that God constructed is called a faith bridge. It's a bridge of faith. So for you to cross over from the natural to the supernatural, you have to pass through that bridge. I can close my book and go home. Because whatever challenge you're facing right now in your body, whatever physical illness or emotional illness or any challenge, you have to ask yourself, now nah, I've been to the doctor. I kept my appointment. I follow all the therapies. And I follow all the prescription they gave me. Why is it that this monster is still controlling me? There are some illness that does not respond to medication. And once you discover that this is a spiritual problem you're facing, then you have to get on the bridge to cross over from the natural to the supernatural. You can move from natural to supernatural, but you must cross that bridge of faith. The bridge of faith, if you don't use it, you will not be able to cross over. I just want to shoot straight with you today and cut through all the theatrics. Too many people are stopped in the natural because they never get on the bridge. Without the bridge of faith, you cannot cross over from the natural to the supernatural. Just look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor, it's time to cross over. In a few minutes, we're going to take the Holy Communion. But I want you to make a decision before we participate in this Holy Communion. And the decision you need to make is, number one, recognize what you're dealing with. And number two, get on the bridge. Make up your mind. I'm crossing over from the natural to the supernatural. Many of you, in fact, I would say many of us, what we need in life is in the supernatural. So how do you know if you need the supernatural? Just think of that illness. Is it getting better or is it getting worse? Are you healing your body? Even after you've been to the doctor? Have you been delivered? Do you have victory that you paid so many dollars for? It's not the doctor's fault. And thank God for doctors. But you have to recognize when there's a spirit behind what you're going through. Many of you have been very honest with me. You say, Pastor, it's not working. I tried it. I prayed about it. 
but it's not working. Now, the Lord sent me to share with you this morning that an unused bridge is a useless bridge. So I don't want us to be a child that we're just talking about faith and singing about faith and preaching about faith. You have to use what you got. Unbelief is one of those things that will keep you from getting on the bridge. Ladies and gentlemen, what is unbelief? It's when God says something and you don't believe. Unbelief will keep you stuck wherever you are right now. While everybody's moving in the spirit zone. But because of your unbelief, you get stuck. Unbelief, ladies and gentlemen, is so powerful it can stop even God's work in your life. How did I know that? In Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, the Bible said Jesus could not do any mighty work in a certain neighborhood. Why? Because of the unbelief. Well, you can customize it. And apply that scripture in your own life. Could it be God is not able to do mighty things in your life because of your unbelief? Many would rather get used to that problem rather than get on the bridge of faith and move from the natural to the supernatural and what God fixes. Unbelief is so powerful, it can keep you in a, at a distance from God. You know, we talk about distance call. Some people can be in a relationship, but they are really afar from each other. You can be sleeping in the same house, and yet so distant from one another. You can be a Christian. And go to church every week. But you are really at a distance from Almighty God. Let me tell you what the devil can do to you and me through unbelief. When you go home, read the book of 2 Kings chapter 7, beginning from verse 1. You will see a simple story that tells you the danger of unbelief. The, the city of Samaria was in crisis. They were going through famine. Everybody was struggling. And then on top of that famine, their enemy, the Syrian army, encamped around their, their neighborhood. Now, not only are they starving, they cannot go out because they are surrounded by the enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of that, God raised a prophet by the name Elisha. And Elisha made an announcement to everybody in the, in the kingdom. He said, tomorrow, 
about this time, things are going to change. The Lord sent me. I don't even know who I'm talking to this morning. But whatever is facing you right now, God is committed to put an end to every attack of the enemy in your life. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. I decree and I declare this year, the Pharaoh that you see right now, you won't see it no more. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. The problem in Samaria is that once the prophet made that declaration, one of the officers of the government said, Oh king, even if God opened windows in heaven, it will not happen. It's impossible. We are studying the economy. We know the rate of inflation. We know where our GDP stands right now. And we are surrounded by the enemy. So there ain't no way. It don't matter what God told the preacher to say that. That is a classic example of unbelief. But ladies and gentlemen... The next day, the miracle occurred. But you need to know before the next day, the man of God said, because of your unbelief, you will see it, but you won't taste out of it. There are many of us who have missed our blessing. Because of unbelief. I just share with you how in matters of minutes, over $30,000 is reported to you. You're not going to find too many businesses in town that commit $30,000 in a few minutes. But what you witness are department leaders who happen to share the vision of doing something for our young people. You see a parade of people who happens to believe there could have been men and women of unbelief. There's nothing I can do to them. I have no power over them. I cannot lock them up in jail. You'll be amazed. And let me bless some pastor. Maybe God is giving you a vision you're working on now, but there are people in your camp who doesn't even believe? Unbelief will cause a seven-day journey to become a 40-year journey. But let me warn everyone who say, how are they going to do it? We already got a sanctuary. Those children don't need nothing. They're just bad kids. They need to go home. You see, unbelief will cost you. And the reason why you are not able to make progress is because your man of God is saying you will live to see it, but you won't eat out of it. Serious statement. 
If I be a man of God, if I'm doing this for my own glory or for the benefits of my family, then God will not honor it. But when we are trying to make this community better, when we are trying to take children off the street, when we are trying to remove young people from our jail and give them a place to be, to congregate and have fellowship and have a good time and be saved from troubles of this world. You cannot approach life with unbelief. Guess what happened in that passage? The next day, God caused the Syrian army to hear a major noise of a mighty army approaching. They are hearing a loud noise. Nobody else is hearing. When they begin to think that a big army is coming to chase them, they pack all their stuff, they start running. They left their posts. They left all their foods. They left all their equipment. And just like the prophet said, the next day, all of a sudden, the price of every item came down. Just like he prophesied. Tomorrow, about this time, there's going to be a change. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. But the Lord sent me to make a declaration and get out of your way. Because it's God who will do it, not man. I said tomorrow... About this time, there's going to be a change. If you receive that, shout amen. amen. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. This passage ends with the king of Israel giving instruction to the same government officer. He said, now that we have food to eat, now that the famine is over, now that our enemy has run away, now you go to the gates of Samaria and then distribute this free food to everybody. And so he obeyed the king. And while he was distributing the food, because people have been starving for so long, they ran over him. They trampled over him. He died. He saw the food. But he never, he was not able to eat out of it. What was his crime? Unbelief. If God is moving in any area, don't rebel against it. Thank God for the miracles. I don't care if it's among the ushers or if it's among seniors having fun. Or it's among the greeters. Wherever God is moving, be there to celebrate. And thank God for the miracles. And thank God for the blessing. Don't allow the devil to plant in your spirit a spirit of unbelief. If you say, say amen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, unbelief is dangerous. What did I say about unbelief? 
it is dangerous. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to ask yourself the question, what do I need to do as a member of the family? What do I need to do? It's very simple. Whatever God says, you need to know when God speaks, it's true. What you need to learn to do is to doubt, begin to doubt what the devil says. And learn to trust God. You can tell when you are hearing a voice of God. You can tell when the devil is talking to you. You can tell when you are talking to your own self. What is the message? Your faith will determine your experience in the supernatural. If an idea is too big for you to comprehend, if you don't know how it's going to make a way out of no way, if you don't know how you're going to get from point A to point B, it's time for you to learn to trust God. It's time for you to say, Lord, this don't make no sense to me, but I'm going to trust you. So, you know, my message to all of us in this church, let's not be like any other church out there. Let's go round and round in circle in the wilderness. Learn to trust God. Remember obedience is what brought blessings. Once you hear from God, confirm with no flesh or blood. Well, how are you all going to raise that much millions of dollars? Nothing is too hard for God. And God has proven himself over and over and over again to this church. And he made it very clear, the righteous are never forsaken. Their seed won't beg for bread. Learn to believe God. Let us break the chain of unbelief. Now, remember the disciples I told you that they tried to help the young man that was sick and they couldn't help. What are the lessons? Number one, Jesus said, because of your unbelief. And then number two, Jesus said to them, this kind of sickness, it will require more than your churchy programs. This will require prayer and fasting. When Jesus said, this kind, what kind? You need to know that. So that when the enemy shows his ugly head, you can tell, okay, this is what the man of God was warning me about. He's talking about the kind of problem that has demons behind it. There are some problems we'll deal with in life that has demons behind it. So now you know how do you know when they say, okay, 
take Tylenol. And you took Tylenol. And it don't work. Come on, sir. If you want to be more serious, you say, I have taken Tylenol before. And it worked. Why is it that what used to work? Don't work no more. Are you still here this morning? It's got to be spiritual. Ladies and gentlemen, there are examples. Jesus had to go deeper, and that young man got instant healing. If you cannot control the situation, I say, and the situation is controlling you, there's a spirit behind it. And I said to you, you cannot handle demons wishing it goes away. Are you still here? The way to handle every demonic attack in your life, in my life, you have to go deeper. What do I mean by that? You have to try prayer and something else. Fasting. If you don't hear me, Please grab hold of that. Let me give you another example, and I'll let you go. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 11, this is after Jesus died and rose again. In verse 11 of Mark 16, the disciples now heard the report that Jesus has risen. Guess what? They did not believe. That's the same demon I'm talking about. A spirit of unbelief. They say, your boss, your Lord and Savior, he is risen. Remember he told them before he died. But guess what? They don't believe. Ladies and gentlemen, that is very troubling. Then you look at verse 13 of the same chapter. The women came and give report. We have seen him. Not only is he up, but we saw him. Go and tell the rest of the disciples. You are the men. Go tell the brothers. Guess what? They did not believe. You wonder why so many miracles have been delayed? I'm just letting you know what our problem is. Unbelief. Then you look at verse 14. Then Jesus appeared to them. Hello, everybody. They could hear his voice. They could see him. But guess what? They still didn't believe. Notice these are church folks. These are not crazy people out there who don't go to church, who never heard the word, who don't care about what the Bible says. They were with Jesus three years. But still, they don't believe. So Jesus ended up rebuking them. He said, your problem is unbelief. And this can rob you of miracles. This can rob you of blessing. 
Sometimes, and I regret to say it, sometimes I have to break from my whole family and stick with God. God said it. That settles it. For God I live, for God I die. Let all men be liars. Let God be true. Can you imagine? These are disciples. These are followers of Jesus Christ. That's like folks in the church. They have titles. Reverend, doctor, bishop, assistant, pope. But they don't believe God. Three times in a row. Unbelief. 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 But you know the amazing thing about God is this. This is what I found in this story that blows my mind. If you read verse 15, Jesus still talking to the same group. Now Jesus said, I want you to go to all the world and preach the gospel. He gave them what we call the Great Commission. When my problem with this story is that now these are a bunch of people who don't even believe what you're saying. You preach, they don't believe it. You die, they don't believe you will ever rise again. And then you turn around and you say, hey, by the way, you all are qualified now to go preach. Go to the highways and byways and preach the gospel. So in my sanctified mind, if I were there, I probably would whisper to Jesus, you cannot trust this. <laughs> I, I can't say it like I feel. These people, they don't believe what you're saying. They don't believe what you're doing. And I can just imagine Jesus telling me, Josh, shh. I have a plan. You may not see it. You may only be looking at their fault. But God is up to something. So as a theologian, I'm asking myself the question, what happened between verse 11, Mark 16, verse 11, and they deny, they don't believe. They and now I found in verse 20, these same people, they are preaching the gospel. And signs and wonders are happening. And God was confirming what they are preaching. What is missing? What am I missing? What happened between verse 11 and verse 10? And I found out God's plan, which is the same for you and me. Between verse 11 and verse 20, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to share with you, my brothers, my sisters, replace your unbelief and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you begin to see things as God sees. Some things that don't make sense in the natural because you step on the bridge. 
and you cross over from the natural to the supernatural, all of a sudden, things that were impossible before is now made possible for you. I'm going to stop, but I want to invite somebody. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. You may not know what I'm dealing with. One of my pastors, Pastor Destin, was checking on me yesterday. He said, Pastor, you've been on my mind. And I sense you're going through something. And I say, pray for me. So you're not the only one going through. All of us, were a target for the devil. The only question is, how are you going to react to it? One of my daughters in the Lord, last Sunday, was telling me, the preacher was talking about from here to there. And that young lady, Angela, what about her? Angela? Yeah, your, your mama. Angela. And she asked me, she said, Pastor, you my pastor. What's between here and there? I said, that's pretty good for a young preacher. So I make her answer her own question. Conte smart. And she said, Pastor, between here and there is the cross. I told her, I said, you're on your way. God's going to do something beautiful out of it. What will make difference in your life today? The cross. What will make difference in your life today? Walk by faith and not by sight. What's going to make difference in your life that you can overcome any of this attack of the enemy? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. I rest my case. Everybody stand to your feet. If you hear the Bible say the prayer of the righteous, I feel it much. I don't need to know what the devil is trying to do. But I dare you to try Jesus. I'm going to invite you to the altar. The Bible says, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Cast all your cares upon him. He cared for you. If you're that man, if you're that woman, don't worry about what anybody says. I come here today, I cry my heart out. They don't pay my bills. The only thing I worry about, what does God have to say concerning me? And I hear him say, tomorrow, about this time, things are going to change. Somebody else is coming. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I'm going to believe God with all my heart, with all my soul. I may not see it, but I'm going to trust God for it. What a blessing to trust God.
Hallelujah. Is there somebody else? Lift your hands towards heaven. Lord Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, oh God. Thank you for the favor of God we enjoy day by day. Lord, I thank you that you are answering prayer, God. You said, ask anything in my name. I would do it. The truth be told, all of us deal with doubt. All of us deal with unbelief. But I hear this old man talking to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, I'm trying to believe here, but please have my own belief. Somebody here today, they're believing God for their miracle. I call all of heaven to witness. We need divine help. Lord, by faith, we're going to get on the bridge of faith. We're going to cross from the natural to the supernatural. Knowing that the things that are impossible with man, they are possible with God. By faith we decree and declare tomorrow about this time things going to change. Lord, I thank you for miracles. Lord, I thank you for uncommon miracles. Lord, I thank you for healing in our body. Lord, I thank you for healing our marriage. Lord, I thank you for healing our children. Lord, I thank you for healing our home. Lord, I thank you. You said it, we believe it. No plague will come near your dwelling. A thousand may fall. Ten thousand by your right. As for you, it won't touch you. Lord, we believe. Lord, we receive. Lord, I thank you in advance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not going to wait until the battle is over. Right now we're going to shout. We're going to trust you. Hallelujah. All prison doors are open. Hallelujah. Healing in our body. Hallelujah. Every chain is broken. Hallelujah. Everything the devil meant for evil. Lord, I thank you. Are turning things around. Thank you for forgiving us our sins. I speak life in every situation. I speak a turnaround. Lord, I thank you. Strength in our body. Let that blood flow freely, unhindered. With long life, you will satisfy us. And show us your salvation. We believe it and we'll receive it. Right now. In Jesus name. Somebody shout amen. amen. I believe that amen is still under construction. If you believe and you receive. Get on that bridge. Shout amen. amen. 
Shout amen. Shout amen. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap offer. I want us to prepare ourselves to receive the Holy Communion. Thank you, ministers, deacons, and deaconesses. We appreciate your ministry. Reverend Nelson is coming.
You may have backsliding and you want to come back and give your life to Christ, you may do so. And our pastor and the first lady will be standing up in the front of us. In Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for blessing us over and over and over again. We thank you for the blood because we know that there is power in the blood. And Father God, as we leave this place, we ask that you don't let us leave the same way that we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.